Welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm just kicked back and I got my feet up. Also joining us, Jed Brew, the director of Mission USA Productions. By contrast, I'm a go-getter with proper posture. <laughs> really? <laughs> Those of you who know Jed, that's pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> Joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Well, because of some problems with the uh, with the machines, I can only see Glenn's propped up feet. I actually can't see any of Glenn except for his propped up feet tonight. So I don't know how that's going to affect the wisdom, but I think that's a solid representation of the overall situation. It's just of, seeing Glenn's feet kicked up. A lot of foot wisdom. Also. Just so those of you know, Jed has been described on multiple occasions by Glenn as a human slouch. <laughs> so if you're wondering why we all laughed at the posture thing, that's that was why. it. It's a mini, mini layered joke. I like to lie. It's <laughs> a good way to start. It's a good way to start before we give advice to people that will affect their lives. I mean, not about anything important. Sure. Just about my physical posture. Sure. Not my spiritual posture. No, 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 no. It's different forthright about that sure. i declare an emergency Whoa. well i'm glad someone rescued <laughs> us from that spiraling vortex of disinterest mo- mo- mostly because i'm sick and tired or whatever that was aren't we all but here's the thing uh you know uh we got our finger on the pulse you know what i mean okay things are happening out there demonstrably we, not true but are okay. we licensed medical professionals um, four middle-aged white guys finger couldn't be further from the pulse and <laughs> it, if anything happens we we get right on it i don't think that's true at all again demonstrably not true time shifted people medium. count on us like you know as soon as there's a new development no, they don't. You know, then we get we get right up on that. You're thinking you know of I mean? almost every other medium than podcasting. You, you, it's like radio, uh, print, television, <laughs> just know, not podcasting. Uh, uh, like blogs. What's, like right now, some people wonder what's the latest with MySpace. Well, you know what? We'll tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> here's what many here's, many sad bands. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's what here's what's happening is a while back we reported on a app sure. for your phone. And for, for, there's some people out there that don't know. When we, when we say app, yes, we it's short for application. I thought it was short for appetizer. That's not nearly as good. That Only when is, paired with Zerts. Oh, okay. That's when paired with Zerts. Apps and Zerts. Okay. Uh, this is an application. Also, if you want the latest breaking jokes from Mussy TV Thursday shows five years ago, that's why you come to this podcast as well. This is what happens is we found out about a Christian dating app. Right. Where if you like Christian someone, Tinder. It, yeah. If you like someone, you swipe them. Yes. Yeah. And then you... you well, there's new developments Uh-oh. in this thing. Tell me more. And we're all over it. It's like breaking news. Right. Yep. So, so is, it, is it fresh off the wire? Yeah. It's fresh off the email that came into the Say That Inbox on June 20th. Attention podcast listeners and all the ships at sea. You know, that kind of a thing. Just like that. And so, so Matt, update the people. Okay. Well, first of all, that was a really good World War II reference as far as having our finger on the pulse. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> our boy is on the Eastern Front. Really thankful for that. So we got an email from our buddy Matt down there in Carolina who- did some follow-up reporting for us. Okay. We had, this all started when Miss Sydney put up on Twitter that someone had uh, tuned her into the Christian Tinder dating app, and you can go back a few episodes ago, and we had a lot of fun with that premise. Yeah. But there's we, more. We, we named it Fisher, yes. which we thought was awesome name yeah sure with, with no e in it just well, that was sure. good that was round yeah. one then we later out found then we later found out that it had an actual name that was clyde yeah and that's a little bit provocative it is yeah. a little yeah, bit it's pretty racy. provocative 
So uh, because we gave out the actual name of the app, our, some of our friends were able to find it on the app store and look it up and do a little digging. Mm. And uh, Brother Matt down there found that there are some premium in-app purchases Uh-oh. for Collide. <laughs> I, I just want to say, before you read this, you you were uh, just before we hit record. You were you were reading these off, and I quite literally thought they were a joke, and this was not real. Yes, until I showed him the actual app I had open in my phone from the app store. So that's what this. So you've got a couple of these make sense. Collide Premium, right? It doesn't say what that is, but twenty bucks. Wow! So wow. That, you only get the hot hot people. One assumes that's inappropriate. You Jed. get the premium people, Glenn. Oh, or does it better? Just people. promise not to tell anyone that you spent twenty dollars on the Christian Tinder app. Are, are they are they the premium shaped people? Well, that's part of it. Moving on. <laughs> then there's unlock mutual friends for ninety nine cents. Makes a certain amount of sense. Sure, yeah. Show distance for ninety nine cents. That's something I think Tinder does. That's like part of Tinder's whole setup is to show you like you matched with Johnny and he is like two miles away. So apparently. You got to pay for that on the Clyde, and it's super not a hookup app. Totally, it just not. tells no. you exactly how far away they are from your geographical location right now. Okay, okay. Then things take a turn. Uh oh. Uh oh. For another ninety-nine cent purchase, we've got show church attendance. <laughs> that is so. <laughs> I still don't know if that means show people when you go to church, or you get to see where and when other people go to church. Okay, but I, what, I think what it's got to be both. What if it's one of these deals where it has like your actual that your actual like uh white haired Sunday school teacher giving like showing the actual attendance sheet from when you were a kid? That would be yeah, amazing. I was about to say that's, that's pretty Southern Baptist, or is it like geotagged so it actually knows? There's a geofence when you go into a place of worship. It gives you like, but do. It's like Mario collecting uh, coins. Absolutely, sure, absolutely. But, I mean, there are right. apps that do that now. Like if you, the Reminders iOS app, you can tell like when I get home, right? Remind me to take out the trash, and it knows right. when you're home, right? Right. So, so presumably, like, it could just tattle on you. So this thing is like when I walk into the doors of a church, tell all the ladies. That's pretty much what we're picking up on, but only if you're prepared to not pay 99 cents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's not that's not just for anybody. Sure. Now, now I, we have other in-app have purchases. Others. I want to get to all of them, but just a quick side note. Yes. There's no such thing as a quick side note on this show, but go ahead. Because we, we like to ask the hard questions on this podcast. I, I think, actually, it's the reverse. We, we get asked the hard questions. We, tackle we the like tough to ask issues. the questions we made up that no one would ever think to actually say. We okay. tackle the tough issues, and here's what it is. Yeah. If this app knows when I'm in church, what else does it know? Sure. See what Ooh. I'm saying? Is there a chance that this app is sentient, self-aware, and is doing all sorts of things uh, to take over my life? Are you saying? suggesting, Glenn Fitzgerald, that this app is an agent of Skynet? I, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying it looks exactly like that. Glenn did see the new Terminator movie on the day it opened. <laughs> so, in the interest of research... I researched it because you never know what it's a, basically what That's it is. True. It's a documentary on what's the latest going on with uh, 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 robots that, that are coming to get all of us. Seventy-year-old Austrian robots. <laughs> so I went and checked that out for, and and you know what? You're welcome. You took one sure. for the team on that. So I'm not this app. I find suspicious. I just want that out there. Sure, do fair enough. All right, so we move on. It gets more suspicious. The next one is a four ninety nine app. Whoa. This is the big one. Preferred denominations filter. Wow, <laughs> that's just unbelievable. That's so horrible. I love that you. It's it's just it's a filter. You you're literally just get rid of all these people that I don't like. Well, you know? I also like that. I mean, I we none of us have tried the app because dang, but swiping can't be that hard on you, right? So. This is someone who's so sure they're going to swipe out all the insert denominations here. Right. That they think, I don't have time to do that. Just get, go ahead and get rid of them for me. Right, because you list what your denomination is when you go in it, which is already pretty creepy. creepy. With the idea of, I don't want to be bothered to 
to I just want to run them filtered out. I don't even want to know that they exist. Yeah. I know. For four ninety nine. None yeah. of us in this room have any strong denominational identity and it kind of is weird to all of us that you would like I'm not marrying one of them filthy Episcop I don't want to accidentally end up on a date with one of them Episcopalians. Right, right. I'll pay five dollars, make sure that can't possibly happen. Right, right. <laughs> that's that's creepy, dude. Sure. Well, speaking of, we've got one last one. Uh oh. All right. It's ninety nine cents. And just when you think here, here's I'm mean, we've so this may just be a horribly misguided dating app attempt right. for a technology company to get on the tender market and to kind of halfway between tender and eHarmony sure could be agents of Skynet absolutely perfectly reasonable right this is the one that makes me think he could also be an Andy Kaufman esque work of master satire okay ninety nine cents. Show coffee preference. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Christians be better than that. Wow. You got to pay money to make sure. I know you're... y'all like that Christian hipster Twitter account. That's fine, but dang. When I think of the, the, the things that really matter, I'm trying right. to find a future spouse, someone to share my life with. That's right. Someone to raise children with, yeah. Glenn. Yeah. I want to make sure, certainly they're premium. Okay? That's important. That's off the top. They got to be premium. Right. Thing number two. They got to be the. They can't be the wrong denomination. That's right out. But the other thing, Clearly. right up there with Christian premium and the right denomination, is the kind of coffee they drink. You don't want right. to accidentally end up with somebody who prefers a darker roast than you do. That's Here, right. Here's what I want to say, and and I think this is this is an impressive accomplishment. Tinder is by definition shallow. Right, I mean, right. it, it is it is the personification of shallow. Right. But I doff my cap to Christians who have managed to out-shallow right. Tinder. And, you, and attempt yeah. to make money off. You, you took something that is, it's just awful. Right. I mean, it, it is a meat market. Right. It is a hookup app. You took that and you made it worse. Right. And that. That's impressive. Yes. I mean, I, I, I can only assume, as Matt suggested, that that's an Andy Kaufman-esque work of intentional satire. Because right. otherwise... Ha- <laughs> no. It's like an elaborate performance art project. It has to be! <laughs> well, and in a thing that is modern American Christianity, at least to a T, and probably other places, in an attempt to seem deeper than other things... You've ended up being infinitely more shallow. Yeah. Well, I guess you, not just about looks on Collide. It's about looks and denominations and coffee. <laughs> well, if on. you're trying to write a fictional skit about a Christian yes. Tinder app, and you said, let's put in a 9.99 cent coffee flavor filter. Yeah, yeah. that's a good joke. Someone's, someone would say, eh, it's not believable. Yeah. But that's real life, y'all, that we're living in. Well, this is the point where we... Go ahead, Younger. Well, I'm just wondering, is the next update of the app, are they going to have a 99-cent in-app purchase where you can see pictures of their scriptural tattoos? Yes. Almost certainly. Yes. I wonder how many more uh, in-app purchases we could come up with. Well, I think certainly level of, of novelty of scarf... Basically, scarf preference. Yes, you got to you got to have that in there for sure. Right, 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 right. I, you know, what you want is a thing where you select two boxes: beard or strong beard. Sure, absolutely. You know because I mean? reformed some, beard. Some people have just a regular beard. Some people right. are. It's a it's a strong beard. Would Another you say option. you're buy a Mark Driscoll book reformed or go to the Mark Driscoll conference reformed? Okay, now that's real. That's <laughs> Those are both real, real things. That is. <laughs> and. Just because he's been post disgraced, those are both real things people are spending money on. Oh, that's congratulations, so true. Hillsong people who are paying Mark Driscoll. It's got to be five figures to come to your conference. Oh, wow. way to go! Now I'm sad. Yeah, well, I've got one. If we, uh, you know, preferred Instagram filter for your quiet time Instagram. Oh, uh, <laughs> got to make sure that uh, lines that's up. Deep. That's deep. That's deep. This is a lot about a person. Um, we've covered this before on the podcast, but. If you're if you're a dude out there, you're looking for a quality lady. Does she like fishing? Sure. You want to be able to filter them gals right out. If they, she don't like to fish, how good can this marriage be? Sure. You know what I mean. Sure. So, well, yeah. Can we talk about? Um, can we talk about uh, prefer, preferred spots to eno your quiet time? That's good. 
Like Would that. you say you're hashtag thankful or hashtag blessed? Because you can only be one or the other. <laughs> Both fine options. Right, right. Level of sophistication of the comedy on your ironic t-shirt. Right. That's Is good. this like the low-hanging fruit ironic t-shirt? Or right. do you really have to commit and get into it? Right. And it's a whole thing. Right, 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 right Are right, you looking right. for someone to live an adventure with or someone to do life with? Ooh, yes. Wow. You gotta wow. have one or the other. Wow. Yeah. Is there a chance, I just want to put it out there, is there a chance that we could convince Collide to hire us as a consulting firm? <laughs> I think they hired whoever pitched coffee filters. <laughs> they, we'll never know unless we send them a letter. <laughs> and tell them our when Glenn ideas. wants to get in touch with mobile app developers, he goes right to the U.S. Postal Service. That's right. <laughs> a handwritten card. Uh, it, you know, get some nice stationery. Yes. Now, okay. he writes it out in ones and zeros. <laughs> he wants to speak their language, but he still wants to have that nice handwritten touch. Here's all I'm saying. In calligraphy. You know. yeah. On the one hand, we wouldn't want to do anything to support what is just a terrible, terrible thing. But right. on the other hand, as comedy gold goes, could we resist the opportunity? I, You know, I don't think so. Will the check cash? It may. In that case, sure. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think we, you know, uh, what what uh, podcast do you listen to? Sure. There you know it is. I mean? There it is. Because that really, That's that takes one. it takes it right down to, you know, what kind of a person are we dealing with? It, it, if, if you're listening to, say, that podcast and you're a member of the opposite sex, pretty much what you're talking about, it's a lock. Hashtag sure. say that filter. Absolutely. Wow. On that basis, I declare an emergency off. Also on the basis that Matt gave us a signal to stop talking about this. Matt yep. swiped you. He swiped me. He totally swiped me. Demonstrably not true, say that legal department. Well, you know what? In the future would be the ultimate. He's, he swiped left. Sure, the ultimate um, category on this is Bridgebox subscriber or not. Ooh. Because mm. I uh, got our friends Dave and Lauren down there. They're Bridgebox subscribers great marriage mm-hmm. friends mike and nicole both were bridge box subscribers before they got married both bridge box subscribers now fantastic marriage wow adorable wedding pictures that's just science y'all. that's just science that's a hundred percent of the people who were bridge box subscribers uh james and ashley out there in colorado we've got okay. statistically significant sampling you can't you can argue with the math tyler and lauren roberts this is what i'm saying so if you want to support awesome mission work right here on the street of chicago Get awesome music and sermons and devotionals and Bible studies for yourself and increase your odds of marrying another awesome Christian person too. I think we just proved a hundred percent. Uh-huh. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox, only eight dollars a month. That's only four times the price of premium collide. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think they're giving any of that money to missionaries who go behind bars and on the streets and gang infested neighborhoods. Be happy for you to prove me wrong, Clyde, but just a guess. (laughs) So missionusa.com slash bridgebox. All right. I'm jumping to our first question here. If you have a question for us, you can have this all the way to the end. I'll give you some ways to get in touch with this. This person used neither of those ways because they're a rebel. What they did is they went to Glenn's blog, which was easier to find than my blog because it's very popular. Wow. Well, um, you know what? We've mentioned that a lot on the podcast that the blog. Well, is not we as much as one person. And you know what? We can let it go. You know what I mean? It's popular. We all know that. Let's why move do, on. Why so why are you holding that cardboard sign over your head that again says again and again and again? It's popular. It's popular. It's popular. It's popular. Okay, we we get it. Sure. We can just shut up about it. It's Maybe. like people are insisting that you be popular, sure. and you're just trying to be cool. About I'm just it. trying to be cool about it. So you you know, you, you painted it's popular on the walls in the studio so I would remember not to say it. <laughs> it uh, okay, y'all. Here's what I'm saying. Yes, it's popular. Sure. Can we just talk about something else? Yeah, can we talk about something else with the understanding that it's popular? Sure. All right. Well, we this can, person... We can stop talking about it anytime we want. <laughs> All right. Well, this person writes in to the Glenn's <laughs> blog, says, first of all, thank you. Thank you for all you do. Your advice has helped me immensely. Emergency off. A little nod to the podcast. That's, that's nice. a good way. I've been a bit distant from my friend, from some of my closest friends. I've noticed they're not as open with me as they used to be. We tell each other almost everything, and now our conversations are just general. 
Consequently, I've also found I've become more reserved too. Am I just being nosy, wanting to, want to know what's going on in their lives? Is it good to be reserved and not as open, just keeping things between you and God? Anon, please. Glenn, why don't you start us off? Yes, absolutely, and and thanks for uh, uh, for listening and for the kind words on this. Here's the thing is uh, sometimes relationships just over time you get busy, everybody kind of goes their own way, they get caught up in their own thing. And I think as Christians it's a great idea to have time where we intentionally sit down with each other and just say, what's going on with you? I think we've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times, but uh, uh, all of us on the podcast have a regular or sort of – uh, at least weekly time where we'll get together with at least one other dude and, and just vent and just talk about life and just check in really. I think that's a really good thing to do uh, with the Christians in your life to check in on one another, to encourage and pray for one another and vent to one another. I think that's a great thing. And, and uh, if you find yourself kind of uh, drifting apart, then, then I think that's a good thing to initiate. But of course, there is maybe another possibility here, and one that you're you're you may be opening up, which is that we've got a big old load of passive aggressive people all having problems with each other and not saying anything, and uh, and 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 that can present a problem. I mean, there there's a, 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 a in some uh, Christian communities and in households and whatever else, you can get this vibe going of. I'm not going to say anything because she should just know. Yeah. And how? Now I'm going to talk bad about her behind her back a lot, but I'm not going to say anything to her face. I'm not going to whatever. And uh, and I'm going to get more and more and more and more angry. It's going to be more and more contentious. And I'm going to assign an attitude to this person that I'm not talking to about it. Uh, and uh, when it finally does come out, it's going to all come out in a yelling and screaming match. Here's the thing about that. That is something to head off at the past. That is something to say to your roommates. I'd rather you just tell me straight up how this is. And here's the thing that you need to know. If you let this fester for weeks and months on end, and then you come and drop it on me, don't expect me to give it greater gravity. The fact that you were playing a martyr to that, uh, the fact you were talking bad about me behind my back and stuffing these emotions, no one uh, is going to give you special points for that because you don't deserve it. Yeah. If you have a problem with me, you say what that problem is the moment you have it in your mind. Uh, don't go telling everybody else. You come over here and you tell me. And uh, at that point, expect me to react to that with patience and, and, and listen to you and whatever. I'll give you that. But uh, let's not do this thing where we're stuffing that down and waiting until it gets overblown. So it may be worth saying, you know, hey, just so you know, if you have a problem with me, I want to hear it. Don't expect Absolutely. that that, that yeah. just that I'm not psychic. I don't I don't pick up on your vibrations. So you got to you got to say it out loud. I think it's a great point. It speaks to something that a lot of people assume would be good in friendships and relationships that's not, which is the mind reading type thing. Another thing people assume is just a hallmark of a good relationship or friendship is just there being just general intimacy and closeness, which that's not good if it's not earned and kind of built up to, right, Jen? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a great question. And part of the reason it's a great great question is that it points to the relationship between intimacy and trust. One of the things that, you know, we see, you know, particularly with young people is they have a desire to have these really deep relationships where there's a lot of sharing and a lot of intimacy and whatnot. But they're not they're not always sure what role trust should play in that. Um, But this is this is the really, really key thing. It's really important. Trust is earned. Right. Always. In in all situations and all circumstances. And in fact, I'd strongly encourage you to not ever give people trust on credit. Right. People should earn it first before they receive it. People that are trustworthy will never mind that. The the only people that ever insist on trust they haven't earned are people who aren't planning to do something trustworthy with that right. trust. Right. The thing is, um, if people have earned your trust, then intimacy tends to flow out of that. Uh, relational intimacy because if they've earned your trust then you feel much more comfortable sharing things with them including things that are sensitive and vulnerable and whatnot 
But the idea of well, let's just have the intimacy first, and then we'll let you know maybe a relationship will grow from there. Um, it actually just doesn't work out, and it winds up with people getting hurt. If you can dig it, it's it's actually kind of the relational version of a lot of the trouble that people get into with premarital sex. It's actually a very parallel thing where it's we'll have this intimate thing without a relationship that can actually support it. Yeah. We'll, we'll have the intimate the intimate thing first and then we'll hope that you know the relationship will just bloom around that. Mm. But that actually doesn't really work. Um that that almost never actually pans out that way. So one of the things to to go to the specific question that you asked is I would want to know if the people you're talking about here, if they ever earned your trust, if there yeah. if there ever was trust here. Mm. And if there was, I'd want to know, did something happen where you, either you lost their trust or they lost yours? Right. Because if they didn't, if nobody ever earned anybody's trust to begin with, then that's a lot of what we're dealing with here mm. uh, is we're not we're not sure where these relationships stand. But if there was trust and then there wasn't. And that kind of goes to what Glenn's talking about, which is there's a problem we're not addressing. Right. If, if there was trust, now there isn't. Somebody did something. Right. Um, and the only way to fix that is is to confront it, is right, to right, get right, together right. and talk about it. And people take responsibility, say, I did this and you did that and whatnot. But to be sure, if you want intimacy, you've got to start with trust. That's the right way to do it. It's absolutely the right way to do it. And I think that's a very important um piece of advice if it is that in that category of situation there's also another category that this could be which is just that um sometimes friendships just go through some ups and downs and some seasons it's not right. actually that anybody did anything well but that can be just as hard to deal with right lee yeah i think that we have a tendency to think about friendships in the sense that like if i have a, a friend we're just going to be friends forever and it's always going to be the exact same relationship and and you know it's it's easy to watch um when it's other people it's easy to see how people kind of how relationships change over time the your best friend in kindergarten is not necessarily your best friend in 8th grade is not necessarily your best friend when you graduate high school and and on and on and and as you grow and change you know maybe you know, you get into your, you know, you get into your thirties and you're starting to have kids, but the person that was your best friend, they're not really having kids yet or something. And so you make some new friendships and some of these things just start changing or whatever. And so it's fine to, uh, it's fine to know that, that, that you're not necessarily going to be, you know, at the same place, the same type of friendship with the same people in your life at all times. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that when, when it's just a deal of, yeah, now I'm moving into a season where I'm closer with this person. That's why I think that um, it can be very helpful. And, and this ties into um, to some of what these guys are talking about. It can be helpful just to be honest in defining friendships. Like, sure. for instance, yeah. if you feel like, you know, there's a person in my life and I've, I just really feel like I need, a, you know, I, I need a close friend that I can share my walk with the Lord with, my struggles and my problems. And I really sense that I'm connecting with this person. We seem to be in a similar place in life or whatever. We understand each other. To sit down and have that conversation and so and say, you know, just say on purpose, I really value my friendship with you and, and, uh, and it's helped me through a lot of things. And, and you know, I'd like to kind of meet, uh, you know, regularly if if you have time for that, you know, once a month, every couple of weeks or something or or whatever. And so just so we can talk about our lives. But I'd like to be intentional about that. I'd like to kind of tell you how I'm doing and and I need somebody to pray for me. And how do you feel about that? And somebody might say, well, I, I really can't do that right now, but um, but I do want to pray for you or whatever. But just kind of be, you know, be intentional about defining what you need from somebody or what you're asking for from somebody. The last thing that I'd say on this is something that, it's a phrase that um, that we've said on the podcast in several, you know, different kind of areas of life before, um, one of these kind of Glenn-isms, but it is to give away the thing that you want to get. That, that you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, I think especially when it comes to vulnerability and openness in a relationship, most people need an example to follow. Mm, um, that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't come really easy to everybody. Yeah. And so if you are a person who is taking the gamble of, uh, of starting down the road of openness and vulnerability and stuff like that. And like Glenn's saying, you just, you, you hang out with somebody and you go ahead and vent on them and just kind of expose, this is who I am. This is what I'm struggling with and see how they respond. And, uh, and, you know, give away the thing that, that you're looking for, be vulnerable with somebody, be open with somebody. And if the thing that you're looking for is for somebody to ask questions about your life, to see how they can help you and serve you. Well, why don't you do that for somebody else? Yeah. Hang out with somebody and you ask them good questions and just take some time to listen 
and see if there's any way that you can serve them. I think that can be a good way to kickstart some of these things if you're looking to, to find it in a new place, if it's going away in another place in your life. Man, that's really good stuff. We're going to move on to our next question here. For our international listeners, I'm going to give a little background before we start this one. About a couple of weeks ago, on um, I guess it was Friday, June 26th, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that marriage equality was the law of the land, according to the U.S. Constitution. So that means that uh, gay marriage is legal. So that is the basis for our next question. Here we go. This came in anonymously with our Tumblr. It says, are Christians called to extend approval to all things because we are instructed not to judge, to love our neighbors as ourselves, and to not be hypocrites? Do you foresee a, sta- a situation where since marriage has been redefined once, it can be redefined again if popular opinion dictates that it is such that you're lacking the civil rights issue with the animals, multiple, you, you know the rest of that. All right. So does gay marriage lead to an inevitable slippery slope to someone marrying their dog? <laughs> <laughs> Jed, why don't you take us there? Well, thank you for writing us. I'm, I'm glad you did. And, and yep. here, here's the thing I'd, I'd like to offer before we say anything else. Let me just, a little, I was a little snarky there. We've gotten this question a lot. Yes, we in have. In the last week. Not angry at you. Yes. Just answered this question a lot. We're just, we're just, we're wearing a little thin on it. Yeah. Let's talk about something that has nothing to do with gay marriage for a second, but I, I think it may be driving a lot of where you're coming from with this question. You have people that you care about, people that you value, people that you respect, and they're upset. And they're afraid, and um, you don't really necessarily know why they're upset or they're afraid. And maybe that's your mom and dad, maybe that's Mm. people you know at church, maybe that's Christian friends that you have. But you know that these people that you love and you care about are really upset and and seem to be kind of afraid and concerned. And that makes you upset. And it makes you afraid and concerned. And and that makes sense because when you love somebody and they're going through a rough time, you kind of, you know, you feel a certain amount of that. And so you want to do something about that. And you ask them, well, what are you, what's the problem? And they tell you it's that darned gay marriage. And so um, you feel like you want to get up in that. Before we say anything else, I want to pause and say, I appreciate your heart to want to be there for people sure. that you love and care about that clearly are upset and afraid mm-hmm. and hurting. That's right. I, I, I get that. And even if they're wrong, it doesn't matter. Exactly right. Th- it, they're hurting and th- you care about them. Absolutely. And, and we, we see that we, we respect that. We respect that desire. We, we appreciate that. With that said, let me try and, and take a look at, at your actual question here. Part of Jesus said that we should treat other people the way that we want to be treated. And that's, that's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Part of treating other people the way that you want to be treated is that you don't put words in other people's mouths. Um, you yep. wouldn't want someone to do that to you, so you, yeah. you shouldn't do that to other people. Um, mm-hmm. Similarly, you don't put motives, bad motives, in other people's hearts. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept. You don't assign motives to them. Exactly right. Uh, you, you wouldn't want them doing that to you, so you, you don't do that to them. I say that because I suspect that you know that no one is advocating that people should start marrying animals. Right. No one's campaigning for that. No one's People might be, but those aren't the same people who are arguing for gay marriage. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Um, there, I suspect that you're aware that, um, generally speaking, no one thinks you should be able to marry your dog. Um, and these are completely separate arguments. So um, why would you ask that question? Where Where's that right. coming from? Right, right. Well, um, the... The, the likelihood, uh, and I don't know your heart, but the likelihood is that you're asking that question for a not very nice reason, mm-hmm. which is you're trying to put down other people. Um, if you have a friend who decides to become a vegetarian and you ask them, so, so what, you're, you're just like a mega vegan now? And we just, do we all have to just like eat broccoli burgers every cookout now? Is that, is that how it is now? That's not an honest inquiry. That's, that's not you trying to get them to clarify their position about their dietary choices that's you trying to demean them for their position on things and i would add that even if maybe if you're a young person or just someone who doesn't particularly have uh know much about kind of how constitutional law works it's possible that you actually are worried that this will lead to people marrying animals the important thing to know is that the people who are saying that on the TV box and the radio are coming from that place. Jed is talking about, even if maybe it's filtered down to you to the point where you're actually worried that that could happen. Mm-hmm. People try to convince you that that can happen because yeah. they're coming from this place that Jed's talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Right. This is, and again, I, I, I suspect this may not be an entirely honest question on your part. I don't know that, but as Matt's saying, there are a whole lot of people that are asking questions like that. It's not an honest question. Sure. It's it's a clear attempt to demean and belittle people that they don't agree with. And that's not cool. That that actually is a violation of what Jesus said. 
um, because Jesus said, do unto others as you have them do unto, un, unto them. That's, they wouldn't want anyone to treat them that way. So, so that's, that's not cool. The, the short answer to your question is no, there's nothing in the law at all that uh, in any way suggests that people can start marrying their dog, not even a little bit, but you don't need to take my word for it. You can go to supremecourt.gov and you can read the entire decision that the Supreme Court made. It's about 120 pages. You'll um, be the fourth or fifth person to actually do that. Absolutely. Um, uh, you can go. It begins with a summary that's about five pages, and it'll, it'll cover most of it. And then it goes down into great detail. Uh, but if you go read it, it will explain to you exactly why this does not in any way lead to uh, people marrying uh, their, their animals or children or anything else like that. Uh, that's really not a concern. But this is the key thing. This is the thing I want to land on before I, I turn over to these other fellows is it's okay to just admit people I love and care about are upset and afraid and that bothers me and I don't really know what to do with that. That's a question we'd love to look at and help you sort sure. through. Uh, but I'd encourage you, if that's where you're coming from, and I suspect it is, to just be honest about that. This mm-hmm. isn't a question about constitutional law. It's a question about how do I help people that I love that are having a rough time. That's absolutely right. Now, that's a great take on that part of this question. Lee, I'd like to get you to look at this and we've, again heard a lot about this issue in the last week and a half or so. Uh, one of the things that keeps coming up over and over again that's bizarre to us is this idea of what, so we did, Christians just approve of this stuff now because we're not protesting or something. Right. But Lee, why don't yeah. you walk through kind of what the actual biblical stuff is about that, the idea of approval or not approval, or if that matters. Well, the funny thing is that, you know, uh, the way that people approach this thing is exactly as you're saying is, if you are not just, you know, really loud in your opposition of this thing, then everybody just basically feels like, so you you approve of sin now? Is that what this is? Um, and the thing is, is that I'm, I'm not on the Supreme Court. Um, I actually have no authority in this matter. And, uh, and I, I'm not in a position to approve or disapprove. Um, recently I was actually talking to Glenn about, um, an issue that I had with, uh, with, you know, with, with, the you know, with somebody I was working with in the church and, uh, and, you know, and there was a legal matter involved. And one of the things that he said that was super helpful at the beginning of us talking through this conversation was he was saying, one thing that's really great for you to remember is that you don't have to, uh, you don't have to wave a banner saying your, what your stance is on things. Um, you don't, you don't have to say I, I am on this person's side or on, I'm on that person's side. You're the guy that's called to minister to sinners. Everybody you reach out to is a sinner. You are a sinner. Every, you know, this is, this is what we do as, as somebody that loves Jesus. My job is to love sinners. I don't have to, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a position to make a call legally on this and no one is asking me to. And if I don't get really mad and clench my teeth and wave my fists and, and scream, that doesn't, if I don't do that, that doesn't mean that I approve of this thing. Nobody's asking me to approve of it. The, the funny thing is, is that we live like the country that we live in, in America, this is a pluralistic society. Um, there are plenty th- of things that are law that are legal that are against what you know the life that Jesus is calling us to. Um, my job is not to quote unquote save America, um, and I think that. Well, I don't think so. I absolutely believe and, and feel that a place where so many people get tripped up is that they are confusing and mixing their quote unquote Christianity with their patriotism or their, uh, their, their, you know, their pride for their country or whatever, getting those things confused and saying, it's my job to save this society for Christian values. We are not about that. We, uh, you know, my job is, uh, to, to realize that, that I, in this world, I'm on a sinking ship and I want to get as many people into the lifeboat as possible. And that's about love. That's about reaching out. That, that is about, um, that is about caring about people who are different than me, who see things differently than me. And by the way, people that are shouting about this, you'll never have the chance to even have a loving conversation with a person who actually is gay 
or Amen. anything because nobody wants to listen to you. Amen. Um, Hello. No, nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And the problem is, is that you're just doubling down a position of everybody that already agrees with you. You can't change anybody's mind. You can't, you know, you can't do anything because you're not starting from a position that welcomes conversation that has anything to do with listening, that has anything to do with love. My job isn't to call shots. My job is to love sinners, period. And that's everybody I reach out to, including the guy in the mirror. And, uh, and we, we live in a country that we're not trying to save. We're trying to save people out of it. Amen. Lee is talking about the man in the mirror, hoping that he'll change his ways. It's a great song. Just felt I'd break it up with a little, uh, little 80s pop for everybody. <laughs> Real quick point, because I think this is going to uh, set up Glenn for what he's about to say, and it builds off of what Lee's saying. Lee said that there are things that are legal in the United States that are counter to the life that Jesus calls us to. You may not be clear on this, but I want to point out an example in case you're not. The Bible mentions greed many, right. many, many times as a deeply sinful, deeply wrong thing. Oftentimes in the exact same list as homosexuality. Exactly. Absolutely. You may not know the following part, uh, even if you know that first one, by law. Any publicly traded corporation in the United States of America, by law, is required to maximize shareholder value at all points. In so other words, only legal or ethical obligation that they are required by law to be greedy. Right. That is the only thing that that is their primary obligation under law. And if people believe that their current leadership are not sufficiently greedy, that, that someone else could be more greedy and pull it off, they will fire the current people and bring in new people. I mean, for example, if the um, let's say the president of the General Electric Corporation decided, you know, we're selling these light bulbs at you know whatever they are a dollar each, we could sell them at thirty five cents, still make a nice profit, and you know, poor people who don't have uh, money for light bulbs could have those. Yeah, that would be grounds for the board to have him fired yes. summarily. Yes, right. and, and the law would insist that that happen. In yeah. fact, well, and. I'm trying to think of the last time I've heard a sermon on the subject of greed. Well, Glenn, let's not go crazy. I can't think of one to the, ever. To the contrary of that, we have another friend who I'm, gonna, I'm not going to name, but he's a podcast listener. He's a good dude who was touring around and with uh, doing some consulting work with different churches and ended up on a very nice back porch at a very nice house with a church elder he was staying with. And this guy who had been approved to be an elder of the church, which again, if you look in the New Testament... You're supposed to have some things lined out. Just kick back in his chair and told this dude you never really met for. You know, I don't, people tell me greed's wrong, but um, I don't see it. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. if that dude said, came up to, and said to someone in, just in conversation, people, that apparently homosexuality's wrong, but I don't really see it. There would be people insisting that he's not qualified to be an elder. Yeah. And in a way, because of script argument, that would, they would actually be right. But same thing for greed. Yeah, absolutely right, and, and I think that's the here we, we we have to land on on this point, and this is uh, this is the stuff we don't necessarily want to draw a bright line underneath, but it, but it we really have to. Everyone that we're talking to about Christianity, uh, about homosexuality, can easily be formed into two groups. One group are people who don't want to have to talk about homosexuality in a negative way they don't want to sound like jerks and they want some way to talk about it that's both biblically sound and where they aren't jerks uh and they are in the majority in the vast majority in the minority are people who are prejudiced against homosexuals yep and they are formulating questions based on that prejudice and they, as, as Jez pointed out, these are nonsensical formulations. They're ex they're based on radical extremes. They're based on you know uh, things no one is saying, things no one has any intention of doing. Just you know, far out there kind of uh, well, what's next? Kind of a you know what have you, um, slippery slope and all that. Here's the thing. Um, if I go into a room full of let's say white supremacists and I say so you guys are all racist and bigots, right? They would say, no. Heritage. 
we just hate people who have a different skin color. That's not bigoted. <laughs> that's not bigoted. That's just based on the, our life it, experience. You know, the yeah. uh, you, you say, no, fellas, that's the actual definition of it. That's you, you, that's what you are. We, we, do you think you're better just because of the skin color? That's that's racist. That's, that's, that's yeah, super that's, duper. Uh, we, we're, we're, you are the uh, you're right on top of that definition. You you can just confidently say heck yes anytime anybody asks you if you're a racist. But that's the thing is no one who is racist feels racist. Uh, no one who is greedy says, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty greedy guy, you know. Um, uh, same thing with uh, uh, this kind of prejudice. We feel like, uh, hey, it's in the Bible, so I'm not prejudiced. Uh, no, here's the deal is if you don't have friends who are gay, you don't have uh, uh, close family members who are gay that you have a good relationship with where they can talk to you about their experience of being a gay person and having gay relationships. If you, if you, if you just haven't had anything but negative experiences uh, uh, and or you've had no experiences at all and all you're hearing is uh, these kinds of negative things, you're going to, you're going to formulate things we can't really answer because again, they're kind of nonsensical and they're really based on, I've got a negative view here. What all of these fellows are saying is Jesus came for all of these people. Yes. Uh, he loves all of them and we uh, intend and we will make room for them at the foot of the cross. And some of those uh, people will be saved and you'll see them in heaven the same as everybody else. If that's something that's hard for you to get your mind around, I really suggest you drop that that uh, prejudice because it's only going to hurt you as time moves forward. Uh, marriage has not been redefined for Christians at all. Right. Society can change its mind about that, uh, uh, but Christians can marry who they want and deny marriage to whoever they don't want. Here's the deal on that. Um, as uh, that great social philosopher uh, Gerald Seinfeld said to one George Costanza, we are living in a society here. And the thing about living in a society is sometimes society comes up with ideas you don't like, and then you have to live by that anyway. Crocs. I, Crocs is a good example. I think uh, the, the speed limit as posted in most places where I drive is, uh, is something I don't want to live with. And I want the freedom to just be a free and patriotic American. You're, you're, you have a sincere religious conviction that rolling stops count? Exactly right. Uh, here's the thing. The city of River Forest does not agree with that. It really super doesn't. And, and, and I can tell you that on, on firsthand account. Uh, but the the thing is, we have to live in a society with other people who make decisions to do things we don't agree with. But if you as a Christian are free to do it however you want to do it, then if you see something you don't like, here's the thing, get them saved. Lead them Gosh, to the Lord, right. disciple them, raise them up. If you can't get that done, too bad, suck it up, shut your mouth. Sure. That's how sure. this goes, because that's the, uh, nearly 100% of these people that are talking a prejudicial, and again, I'm segmenting, 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 segmenting off a small percentage. Segmenting is something that will still not be legal, even though it's exactly. the past. <laughs> Maybe <you>. someday. <laughs> so I'm segmenting off actually a very small percentage of, of, of Christians that are sure. truly prejudicial. And, they unfortunately and get paid to be loud. That's a thing. And- for them, you see, those people are not good at winning people to the Lord. They're uh, not trying to win They're people not the Lord. trying to win people to the Lord. They're trying to make people be Christian without Christ. And the thing is, they don't have a right to that expectation. So they need to understand uh, this is about if you aren't active in evangelizing and discipling people, you can't expect them to act Christian because you want all of society to be your way. You, yes. you know, that's not how life works. I think it's absolutely right. I'll close out with a couple of just kind of specific things to your question here. One of them is um, the thing you're talking about here with, well, since it's been redefined once, couldn't it lead to people marrying their dogs and kids and whatnot? That's a, an idea, kind of a theory called the slippery slope argument. And it is considered a, to go all Reddit on you here, logical fallacy. Matt, why is it considered a logical fallacy? Because that's not the way things work. So there's this idea, the slippery slope is used by um, people who yell about things on television and radio and in sermons and whatnot, because it allows you to say, okay, 
So gay marriage passed and the sky did not rain chickens and we were not swallowed <laughs> up into the earth and all your heterosexual Christian marriages that you have didn't immediately implode, but they probably will later. Absolutely. So let's all stay super angry and yeah. talk about how super angry we are because it's coming y'all. Yeah. It's we're it's, it's around the corner. I'm now, outraged. That's just how I start now. As Jeff pointed out earlier, and I, I am not a legal scholar. Much to my parents' chagrin, I did not go to law school. They're still trying to fight that battle. I don't think it's going to happen. But as I understand it... How do you know you wouldn't like law school? I have a a guess. (laughs) How do you know you wouldn't like $300,000 in debt? But, um, so the Supreme Court looked at the uh, marriage rules and said that the 14th Amendment in the American Constitution says you can't discriminate against people's pursuit of life on certain grounds. Race, gender. So they said, well... You can't tell people they can't enter into this contract based on their gender. That's what this ruling says. Again, to the best of my ability, if you have a law degree, congratulations. Don't write us. <laughs> um, but so, but in America, as it has always been, marriage is a, a contract between two consenting legal adults. The level of what, what age legal adult kicks in has varied a little bit in some very creepy ways, but now it's 18. So you're over 18. You're consenting adults. You can enter into this particular kind of contract. The Supreme Court said you can't actually discriminate on who can sign a contract based on their gender. That doesn't work in any other area of life. It doesn't work here. There's nothing in that that says a child is not a legally consenting adult who can sign a contract. A dog, an inanimate object, none of these things are that. And here's here's the ugly side of the slippery slope argument. I'm glad we spent uh, some time talking about the difference between people who have legitimate prejudices and people who just are hearing certain things or are a little confused about this. Everything you say here about if we redefine marriage, then people will, um, you know, be multiple partners, animals. That's the exact same argument racists were making 50 years ago about interracial marriage. Yep. Exactly. Literally, you can go through newspaper archives. You can go through sermon archives that certain denominations wish you couldn't go through. And there are people exactly saying this. So what you're saying is. If anyone's on the slippery slope, it might be you. Yes. So don't go down that don't slope. Do, don't go down that. Other things, people, I'm just going to keep it to America here, has said that about um, women wearing pants. Yep. Literally, again, you can go back and find the newspaper article saying masculinity will cease and we will be conquered by the Mexicans <laughs> if when we let women wear pants in public. Yep. Yeah. Um, desegregating schools. Right. Lack right. of compulsory military service, lack of corporal punishment in schools, and a very long list of things that ended up not actually immediately leading to the downfall of society. <laughs> so one of the things we're saying here is whenever you the, somebody's overall message is, you should be angry and scared. Right. That's a little mm-hmm. worrisome, because yeah, if you yeah. look at the words of Jesus in the Bible, it actually says you shouldn't be those things. Super right. not that. You should actually have the opposite of a lot of those things. So when someone's telling you that, you should be angry and scared because Jesus, you got to take a little bit of a look at that. I know we've, we've gone on this, but it's a very complicated issue, and we want to make sure we represent it well. So I'm closing on this. This idea of, some, to speak directly to your question, our Christians call to extend approval to all things because we're instructed not to judge, to love our neighbors as ourselves, and not to be hypocrites. Here's stuff. There's a lot of stuff that everybody who's a believer wishes wasn't in the Bible. It's inconvenient. It's difficult. Right. The forgiving people parts are really not my favorite. Bit Seems a like a bummer to me. But you can definitely tell that there are some people who these particular bits about not judging and loving your neighbor, not being a hypocrite, really screws up what they wish their Christian thing was about. And again, I'm not saying that's you, but you have to be careful of the voices you're looking for. If you can't say something or express an opinion without judging, not being unloving, and not being hypocritical, why do you want to say it so badly? Mm -hmm. There's a verse you've probably heard misquoted. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. If you've heard that verse a lot, you've probably heard it against cussing. Right. Not really what what it means. means. If you go down to the Bible Hub, as we often tell you to do, and look at the interlinear, you'll see that that word unwholesome is one that's derived from looking at rotten produce. So think of it this way. Go back to the vegetarian analogy just started with. If you had your vegetarian friend come over, and the only vegetables you had you thought might be rotten, we're playing a uh, a little expiration date roulette here, you wouldn't serve them that. Nope. 
because it might screw this whole thing up. In the same way, if you're thinking about saying something, say, you know, this might come off to someone listening as like a really horribly bigoted and hateful thing to say. <laughs> Even if there's just a chance. Don't say it. Just don't say it. Uh, it's great. You can just not say things because you, unlike, again, a lot of the people who are, we're not saying, go back to it, we're not judging their motives or whatever, but a lot of people are espousing these things you're saying. They don't have an option not to say it because they get paid to yell about it. Right, yeah, right. So right, you right. just consider your sources. And if you can't say it without coming off unjesus like don't be in a hurry to say it. All right, we're going to move on to our final question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, How do you tell your pastor that you do not want to serve in ministry anymore? I am absolutely over it. Boy, we've all been there. Yep. I know how I became so, I don't know how I became so drained from helping out, but I'm over and done with helping now. How do I say it to a good pastor that I still want to have a positive relationship with? And Lee, you're a resident pastor, so why don't you start us off? Well, I... You know, as we often say on this show, when we get a question of how do I say this to someone, uh, my first kind of knee-jerk reaction is you simply say it. You simply say it, every bit of it, all the way down. Uh, Say the last 10%, be honest and direct, and um, leave nothing out. And and here's the thing. What happens next is going to tell you a lot. Um, If you're... If your pastor is a good pastor, as you say, um, then the very next thing is gonna, that's going to happen is that the pastor is going to look at you and say, I am so sorry that you're going through this time. And then they're going to start asking you questions. How in the world can I serve you? And how quickly can we find a way to roll you off of what you're doing right now so that you can get rested up? Um, and if you have somebody that's trying to push you back in or pressure you into this thing, then what you've got there is you've got the uh, the obvious green light that it's probably time to move on and find another place to be. Yeah. The, now the reason that Pastor A is going to uh, say I'm so sorry that you're going through this time and and let's figure out how quickly we can roll you off of your responsibilities and get you to a position where you're resting up. The reason that Pastor A will say that is because a good pastor sees it as his job to serve you. Hello. Um, there is a huge difference and a huge divide um, between, and it's just a little pronoun flip over uh, the way churches see their people. Some churches see it as their job to serve the people who come to their church, that the church exists to help those people make it through their week, that the church exists to keep those people encouraged and walking with Jesus and uh, taken care of, supported and you know filled up equipped for ministry and, you know, just equipped to make it through their life. There are other churches that see the people who come there as it's their job to keep the church going and not the church with a big C, that particular church, their yeah. brand, their thing. It's they, they see it as everybody in this building exists to keep this machine going. Yeah. And um, if you find yourself in a situation like that, you need to hightail it as quickly as possible. Um, this is not the way that Jesus said to lead. Jesus said, the greatest among you must be the servant of all. Um, he said that you are not, those of you in positions of authority, don't do like the world does. Don't lord it over people. You be the servant, serve people. You're there to serve them. You know, when I, when I was being trained, I, I, I was being trained by two guys in ministry who live for this. That, I mean, it's kind of a mantra for them. We are here for the people who come here. If somebody needs to, to move house, we are the first ones with the truck. If somebody's in the hospital, we are the first ones there to pray. If somebody's having a hard time, we are, we are going to figure out who can get the food there to the place, and we want to we help with all this. This is, this is our thing. You know? And so that's the kind of, that's the kind of situation you want to be in because it's, it is the pastor's job to serve you. I've heard, um, I've heard these brothers talk about, and maybe they'll dive into it a little bit more, but I've heard them say a really cool phrase, which is that if the devil can't pull you out, he'll push you in. And um, that if, if, if the devil can't get you to stop going to church altogether, then what you, he'll do is push you in so far so hard that you're doing so much in ministry that you can't even you can't even recover you can't breathe and that kind of stuff and you want to make sure that that doesn't happen to you but a good pastor wants to support you amen that's absolutely right i think a lot of this hinges on this idea of someone being a 
it's a bit of a, a broad term, quote unquote, a good pastor. And uh, Glenn, why don't you tell us how you deal with that, assuming that they are? Yes, and I, and I you know, ditto everything that Lee just said there. Uh, he's absolutely right. Uh, you, you'll know right away whether you have a good pastor based on his definitions there. Um, but you say, uh, I don't know how I became so drained. I think it's actually worth figuring that out yeah. and really examining that. Um, <clears throat> oftentimes, uh, it, it, in, we get burned out because we're not getting enough rest and we, we don't have enough uh, of a break or enough downtime. Oftentimes, we get burned out because we don't have enough quality fellowship. I mm -hmm. see that a lot, particularly with yeah. pastors. Uh, lots of times we get uh, burned out because we don't have a lot of emotional support. There isn't people celebrating our victories with us and talking us through our you know frustrations and whatever. I think uh, I think it would be awesome to have a pastor where you could just say you know I've got problems with these people and I just need a gripe to somebody about it. You know, uh, uh, you know that. I think would do a whole lot for for getting rid of this burnout. Uh, I think, you know, I don't have any way of knowing what's burnt you out. I think often uh, it comes down to a difference in expectations. You know, you have an expectation up here and results are down here. Sure. Uh, I talk to a lot of uh, pastors, um, ministry professionals, where they have a ministry program, that's a youth ministry program, uh, maybe a church plant, maybe it's a new Bible study they started, a new outreach event, any kind of a new uh, program. New initiative. New initiative. And it's dying, and they're so upset, and they're, and they're just at a point this of This was going to be the one I wrote the book about. Yeah. Exactly right. And it, and it makes them feel like, I don't even want it. I, I want to stop trying to do this, and I don't want to do anything else kind yeah. of thing. But here's a question I often ask them. They say, did good ministry happen? Did you minister to individual human being people? And nine times out of ten, they'll say, well, yeah, you know, you know nobody came to the thing, so it was just me and these two guys, and we just sat and talked for a couple hours. Great. Well, well that's you awesome. Go. You know, <coughs> good ministry happened. Um, the program died, but the thing is, the program never stood a chance of getting every anybody program saved. Dies. Yeah, every program dies. Most of them start dying the moment they're birthed. You know, you have to keep fixing them just to keep them from being a, a giant <laughs> pain in the behind. Uh, program doesn't solve problems. They usually create a a, 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 a metric crap ton of them to use a theological measurement. But, uh, uh, and so that the ministry went fine, it's the program that's a problem. Sure. And forget the program, throw it away. It's uh, start over from scratch, it's, you know, whatever it is. So helping people understand differences like that, I think, uh, is a big part of dealing with that. So just, these are just some random guesses, but I think it's worth you figuring that out. That is a historical measurement. You can read Herodotus, and he talks a lot about how many metric crap tons of supplies Alexander's army need and that kind of thing. It's and like a fertilizer. You know, sure, Glenn brings the, like that, that kind of deep intellectual and theological yes. understanding of the program, Jed. These brothers have already covered it. I'd add one thing uh, to the discussion. Uh, it's not going to get better if you wait. Yes. That's right. That's right. Um, you if you're anything like me, it's a tough conversation you don't want to have. And your first instinct is put it off. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just put up with what I got now for a little while longer. And then this is the thing. The longer you wait, the worse it's all going to get. Uh, and the longer you wait, the more likely it is that you're going to come across as angry and resentful in this yes. sit down. Yes. Uh, and I know you don't want to do that. Right. You know, that's, you know, uh, it's clear in your in your question. You know, you think this is a good dude that's the pastor and you'd like to continue to have a good relationship with him. So talk to him now. Um, you know, it's, it's the thing I would least want to do. I imagine it's the thing you would least want to do. Uh, when you finish listening to this podcast, schedule that phone call. You know, yep. um, the, 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 we have a saying around here, the cheapest price to pay is right now. Yep. Um, it, it's not going to get easier. Um, if you are in a place of burnout and of kind of unsustainable workload, it, it just gets worse. So, so do the kind thing to you and the kind thing to everybody. Go ahead and pull the trigger on that conversation right now. That's absolutely right. If, when you have that conversation, as we've outlined here, of just be simple, be direct, 
I'm crazy burned out. I'm not going to do this anymore. One thing I would uh, encourage you to do is don't go into that as a negotiation. Yeah. Because if if good dude, not good dude, a lot of people are going to try to say, well, why don't we try to, you know, change the time of the meeting? And that's all helpful. He's trying to, you know, make this amenable to you. But basically, let me outline you three most likely in my in my mind scenarios and why they're all all in for the better. The ideal, you know, shoot the moon. Number one thing is he says, you know what? I've been in ministry for a long time. I totally understand how you feel that way. So just keep on coming and we're going to hang out. And when you're ready to get back in this, you and I will sit down and look at exactly why you were burned out and make mm-hmm. sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. That's the A number one. And there's a pretty decent chance that happens. We, sure. we mm-hmm. all around this table, no pastors who that's exactly how they would deal with that. Yeah. The not great, but not that bad is him be well, we hate to lose you, but okay. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of a bummer, but you know, everybody moves on with life. The absolute worst case reason you put this phone call off to your afraid of happening scenario is you say, look, I'm these these kids or, you know, adults or whatever are killing me and I'm just I need to take a break. And you go, well, you're not committed and don't care about church growth and what the thing and why don't you just never come back again? That would be brutal. That would be terrible. But here's the thing. If that's how he's gonna react to this that's how dude was going to react to something eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. In six months, you were going to call that, hey, we, you know, there's 50 kids coming to this youth group, and our growth plan says we should be 80 by now, so once you kick rocks. Right. There's nothing, there's no such thing as someone only being explosively weird about something if it's presented in one specific way. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh man, if I'd have handled this perfectly, they'd have been cool, but I handled it wrong, so they were massive weirdo. If they're a weirdo, be weird about something eventually, yeah. and they're probably not going to be. That's this right. kind of stuff happens in the life of a church all the time. It's really not that big a deal. And you getting rest, if a good pastor and a good person runs a ministry, as we all know, would know, I'd much rather have this person come back a year, two years down the line, rested up and having learned the lessons than a burned out version of them now. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We're going to take out with a song. This is one of Judd's worship songs, and uh, it goes along with a lot of the stuff we've been talking about today. It's called Not a Judge. Yeah. Very apropos. So we're going to take out with that. Just remember, thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Let's say that podcast, the BS filter is always free.
You guys sound so good.